Welcome to the Perspectives on Healthcare podcast, where members of the medical community from different roles, venues, and locations share their unique perspectives on quality healthcare, its future, and how to improve it. Now, from the Your Keynote Speaker Studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, here is your host, Rob Oliver. Thank you and welcome. It's number 36 in the Patient Interview Marathon. My guest is Scott Ballard. He is from Oregon. And uh, this has been a tremendous series. I've been learning a lot listening to them over again. Uh, when I was doing the interview marathon, I felt like I remembered a lot. But the more I go over these, the more I realize that I forgot. So I hope that you're enjoying this going over these interviews again, and I hope that you learn a lot from Scott. Hey, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Uh, can you share with my audience, what is your name? Yeah, I'm Scott Ballard. Wonderful, Scott. And where are you joining us from? I'm just outside of Portland, Oregon on the West Coast. Okay, so we're going back to back West Coast. Um, we had Northern California just now and um, Oregon. You guys are... Uh, you know, in, in relative terms, semi neighbors. So yes, um, yes, exactly. Good. So Scott, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, your life experience and your experience in healthcare? Yeah, I, I, I was glad that you reached out about this. Uh, so my story goes back, uh, about eight years ago and my dear wife of 40 years, uh, had kept nagging me. I was missing teeth. I, I had a lot of dental problems. I was, uh, uh, I was a disaster in my mouth. And, and so I went around and tried to find somebody that could really restore my teeth, my smile, whatever. Uh, I went to a bunch of places and, uh, it, it, it just felt like, uh, a used car situation. And it wasn't, it, it, it just wasn't fun, and they said it would take years to do this, and 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 a lot of money and time. And finally, my wife found a, a dentist here in our area, and she said, G "Just go one more time. I know you don't want to. I know you dread the dentist. You hate the dentist. Go one more time for me." And I went, and I met Doctor Lampy. And what was exciting about that was. Uh, after they took the x-rays and they did all this kind of stuff, he actually came in and he was like a kid in a candy store. He goes, this is amazing what we can do and how we can help you. He was so excited about the problem. Mm. Um, and I had a huge gap in my teeth and missing teeth. I mean, it was just bad. And he was so excited. I was kind of shocked. Like, who is this guy? He was a younger, he, you know, he was probably 30s two or three at that point, a younger guy. And yet he was excited and he was so enthusiastic about how he could help me and what he could do. Um, that's the experience that, that I, uh, that came to my mind. Uh, my hero in healthcare really is a dentist, okay. which is bizarre. I know, but it is. Okay. Um, so you kind of jumped my next question, which is, which is okay. And I'll ask you, um, can you tell us the, the dentist's name? Yeah, Dr. Heath Lampy, and he practices here in Beaverton, Oregon, and and uh, just does phenomenal work 
with people that have severe dental problems. Okay. Uh, that's kind of his specialty. Uh, well, it's not kind of, that's all he does. Okay. Right. So I, I want to, I'd like to get some clarification on a comment that you made. And that is you, you said that as you were going kind of from dentist to dentist, you had a used car kind of experience. Can you talk to me about what you mean by that? Yeah. Well, what I mean was, is it, it felt like, uh, they were trying to sell me on something, um, that wasn't really going to get the result I wanted and wasn't really, it was on their, uh, you know, the way they wanted, they wanted me to buy the yellow VW bug. And what I needed was the Ford Bronco. Uh, but you know, they kept saying this and, and, and it just, it just felt awkward. Also, I have enormous dental anxiety okay. because of my life. So I was already stressed out and then they just made it worse. So it felt like being on a used car lot to me. Okay. So let me, let me see if I can make the analogy here. And because sometimes the, the car lot only has a limited inventory and they're trying to sell you something from their lot when what they have on their lot may not meet your needs. Does that resonate with you? A hundred percent. And and how that was expressed the biggest was that they were talking about years for me to get the restoration and the repair I needed. And when I got to Dr. Lanfees, he was talking about one day at six hours, he could fix this whole thing. Wow. What, and he did. Right. What? Okay, so there's a, the two elements to it. The one is being able to say, like, I can, I can fix this. And the yeah. other thing is that he said he could do it. And then, he, you know, lo and behold, here he goes. You got a, you got a million-dollar smile now, Scott, and it, it all works out well. So yeah. good stuff. All right. Um, what does quality health care mean to you? Yeah, I think it's personalized between the healthcare giver and the person. I, I felt a personal connection to him based on his enthusiasm for my problem, which 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 is counterintuitive. I understand that, but but it was so different. And and I and I played this out in other scenarios and go, gosh, you know, if my other doctors would react this way. I think it's part of healing uh, to, to be excited to, Hey, how can we help you? How can we serve you? How can we make you better? How can we help you uh, navigate this illness or pain or situation better? Um, there's something about an attitude that, uh, uh, that he had a bedside manner or an approach that I think could be just phenomenal for the healthcare world. Okay. Let me, let me again highlight something that you said. All of what he said was about you, right? Like, like, how can we help you? What can we do for you? How do we serve you? And it wasn't about him to say, well, I can, I can fix, I can do, I can be, I can, um, you know, I am the, the you know, the, the end all and be all of, you know, right. medical information. I, can you, can you just talk about that for a little bit that the feeling that comes from being excited and being focused on you and serving you? 
Yeah, so, so it's a feeling of really deep care. Like being really cared for before anything happened, I already felt that sense of caring, which is the beginning of, you know, those uh, of that change to, to happen. Another thing that he did that was part of, of showing caring is he was wearing jeans and a pair of tennis shoes and, and basically like a T-shirt. And so it was very disarming. He didn't have the white coat on. He didn't whatever. He met me at where I was at. And he, mm. he sensed that I had dental phobia. Okay. Like that I was afraid. Right. And I was very hesitant. So he came and met me at my level and then and then built the relationship and the care from then. And and you you pointed out it was all about me. It was never about him or any of that other than his excitement was, oh, I love these cases. I love what, you know, and you're kind of like, okay, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was, that part was super powerful. But yeah, I, I can imagine, and I guess I can only imagine that, but yeah, having him, because I've been around people and it's like, I just learned that, and I think I'm repeating myself a little bit, but I just learned this new technique that I can perform on you. And in that way, the focus of the sentence is I and my technique and my knowledge. And you just happen to be the subject upon which I get to perform my magical skill, if that makes any sense yeah. at all. So no, hundred percent. And he, he continues to do that and approach that way. And he's now become the person in our state to, to do this kind of work. I mean, Hospitals refer people to him. I mean, this whole practice now is built on referrals of these scenarios because of his putting the patient first uh, attitude and approach. And his whole team is that way. Like all of them are about that. Sure. Uh, tell me, what do you wish your medical providers understood about you? <laughs> Uh, well, number one, in these situations, and I maybe maybe this is obvious, maybe it's not, that that I'm afraid, I'm concerned, and and not feeling well or healthy or having a problem uh, is is emotional. It's real fear, and to approach somebody knowing that they're afraid or hesitant or uncertain, and this is a shakening to their life, to who they are. And they and, and to also acknowledge that maybe they've had some bad experiences leading up to this meeting, to this uh, situation for their health. Um, and so, you know, I, I guess I would it's just more human, you know, like and, and I know that it's health care, but I think it almost the care should come before the health. It's like care, health, you know, care about me first and then get me a health solution or or whatever. That that's what resonates with me is the human caring side. Okay. So it's funny. I do a I did a presentation for uh the Pennsylvania Department of Healthcare Equity. Uh, mm -hmm. Um and we the title of the presentation was Health Patient Care because the patient needs to be in the center of healthcare. But yeah. I'm gonna we're gonna go with you and it's care, patient, health, because the care comes before the, the health 
and the patient still needs to be in the center of all of that. Does that? Does that... Yeah, a hundred percent. And and let me add this to you. Here's why I love what you just said. Anybody in healthcare can care first. They don't have to have a special education. They don't have to be a certain kind of doctor. They don't have to have certain training. We all as humans can care first. Right. And I think that's such a, so powerful and we don't give it enough credit in the healing and the, and the, and the care. We don't give it enough credit for what it does for our patients, our people. Yeah. So, so very true. Okay. Um, my last question for you is uh, what is one thing medical professionals can start doing today to improve the quality of healthcare? Smile. <laughs> that simple. Just one word. Okay. Uh, here's, here's what I'm going to say. Tweetable moment for the entire world. Uh, improve healthcare quality by smiling. Uh, I love it. Tell me, tell me more about that. Like, what does, what does that convey to you? How does that, how does that impact you? And why does it make it higher quality? Well, 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 smiling is caring. Smiling says, I love you. I care for you. I acknowledge you. I see you. I hear you. I know you. Uh, it, it, it sends all the uh, initial caring messages that healthcare is about. It embodies it without uh, saying anything. It's the perfect start to caring and doing that for people. Okay. Um, a very, very powerful statement. Um, I love it. So, um, Scott, tell me, tell me just, uh, sorry, I've got to, um, perfect. I was just trying to make sure that I have the right information. Um, if you were to sum up all of your experiences, because you've got, and if you don't mind, you and I have talked before, and um, you've got some other healthcare issues that are going on as well. Um, can you talk a little bit about, like, the entirety of your experience, like the not just this, <clears throat> not just the experience that you've had recently with a dentist, but then kind of like the lifelong experience. Can you talk about that briefly, please? I would assume you're talking about my dyslexia. If you don't mind. No, no, no. hundred percent. I'd love to talk about it. Uh, cut me off if I go too long or stop me or whatever. So at, at a young age of seven in first grade, uh, back in the sixties, um, I realized that it wasn't reading and writing like the other kids a year or two into that. Um, uh, the educational system at that point just basically said I was stupid and I'd never be anything. They didn't know how to diagnose dyslexia. They didn't know what to do about it. Uh, but uh, thank God uh, some people intervened. Uh, a person came that really was able to help me. So I, I started getting help with that uh, healthcare help because they didn't even know what it was at that point. Um, back when I was eight, nine years of age, and this was a specialist, Mrs. Slaymaker, that that had was on the cutting edge of 
of helping kids with learning disabilities. Uh, and with that becomes physical disabilities, uh, uh, discoordination, disorientation, uh, hearing problems, visual problems. So I had a myriad, Rob, you know this, I had a myriad of health problems. <clears throat> and so my whole life, I have been in search for solutions to these to these problems, to these uh, these challenges that I've had, right? And and in that, what I found that the people that have really made the difference are the people that not only um, saw me as a person, but saw the opportunity to not only help me but also learn, so that they could help somebody else. Uh, with similar situations to the point of in my late fifties, finally getting uh, what I would call a full um, release from all of the symptoms and the problems around surrounding my dyslectic uh, life for the first 55 years. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Scott, listen, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I appreciate it. I appreciate you helping me to, you know, hopefully, break this record and um i appreciate and respect your perspective on healthcare i'll see you my friend see you later rob thanks yep bye thanks for listening to perspectives on healthcare visit perspectivesonhealthcare.com to learn more about rob oliver or to subscribe so you never miss an episode if this podcast was valuable, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. Or if you tell a friend or coworker about the show, that would be helpful too. Join us again next time for more Perspectives on Healthcare.